What is going on, everybody? Back with you again for episode three. What's going on, Layton? Good afternoon, collectors and friends. Welcome to the Lunch Crew episode three, Chris. That's how you got to hit them. I know, man. I know, man. Maybe I should have done a little bit more caffeine today. It's all right. It, the, the title today is a breaker's high you know after a high there's this little like like oh man <laughs> well i'm happy the nba is back i know we have a lot to discuss today so i think we should uh get right into it absolutely absolutely um so just you've been buying a lot of stuff lately haven't you i have and you know it's interesting chris people keep asking me do i think it has to do with the economy or the hobby, you know, experiencing a little bit of a lull. And I don't, um, at least in most cases. Uh, you know, so uh, we've been fortunate that we've been able to buy some great cards and collections recently. Uh, one of them was actually a football collection, uh, which is, you know, not as easy to buy, Chris. Most of it is baseball, right? Because they've made mm -hmm. a lot more of it. Um, but I will show, uh, I'm not sure the best way to do it, Chris. So I should just show it like this to the camera? Yeah, yeah, that works just fine. So. You can see it's a nice group of 50s football. These are some of the stars. I'll show off the best couple of the end here. There's a Bart star, fresh to the hobby, ungraded, really nice condition. That's beautiful. 57 tops rookie. Yeah. And you can see here, we got a Johnny U. Excuse me, Johnny U. Oh, look, it's see-through because of the green. Yeah, 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 the green's going to green screen out. <laughs> so anyway, so that is one of the collections, but another uh, collection... Uh, that I'm really excited about. I haven't bought it yet, but we've uh, done a bunch of due diligence and uh, research about it. So it looks like I'm heading out west. Oh. For the first time ever, I'll be going out to the Seattle, Washington vicinity. Okay. And if anyone out there who is a break maniac, meaning a part of the Vintage Breaks community, or you've known me for a long time from the Just Collect world, or you're new to the show here at the Lunch Crew, and you happen to be out west, let me know. I'd love to grab a cup of joe with you or a beer. Or for that matter, if you're looking to trade or, you know, sell some cards, let me know. Um, it's going to be a really interesting uh, trip. I'm going to try to document it a little bit differently than usual, Chris. So stay tuned. Uh, follow me on social for that. But yes, buying has been uh, good. And as you know, Chris, it's not only the lifeblood of, you know, or the lifeline, uh, if you will, and the lifeblood of Just Collect, but I also thoroughly enjoy trying to find and, and buy, you know, whether it be fresh collections or you know, even out of auction houses, like tonight, Heritage ends, collect auctions um, collectauctions.com ends, and I'll be bidding at both of those auctions. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I, I particularly enjoy it because it helps me out for my day job working for a fine company called Vintage Breaks because that's where we get the stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. When you when you said out west, I was like, we're gonna get you a cowboy hat, you know, you're gonna be you're gonna nah, be not quite, not not quite there. <laughs> Maybe a rain jacket. I hear it rains a lot in the Seattle area. Yeah, then you said coffee, I'm like, that tracks in Seattle. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, um, speaking of uh vintage breaks, uh, I don't know if you noticed, Layton, but your boy has been on a bit of a heater. I love nothing more, Chris. When I wake <laughs> up in the morning, I see a text from you. And it's an image because I know undoubtedly if it's an image, mm -hmm. it's likely going to be a hit. Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Not only you've been a having hit, a good run. I've been a, yeah. Well, I mean, like you're like you're opening good products, so you're you're typically hitting good stuff. But like every now and then you get to hit great stuff, and I can tell you as a breaker, 
nothing makes you actually appreciate your job than 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 hitting and getting getting to pull these cards is like I get paid for this. <laughs> Pretty you good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um this is this this went to Beck Hudson. This is this is a key card that once it goes up on the internet and, and understand aside from our channel, it's not really up on the internet yet because it hasn't really hit eBay. But this is the Bryce Young. Oh yeah, it's a big deal. Mosaic de- debut, one of one. Hit for Beck Hudson. This is multiple thousands. Like where where it comes in, I don't. Oh know. yeah. And uh, it's going to be sent off sent off for grading by Beck. And uh, it's a beautiful card, beautiful card. I was happy to pull. I'm a big Alabama fan, so so Bryce Young is a big deal to me. And uh, it's um. I'll, I'll just play the video. I'll just play the video. This is like, if you watch the look on my face, none of this is, you can't script it because you don't know when it's going to come out. None of it's fake. If I didn't didn't have the cameras on, I would still be hooting and hollering like this over this card. So just uh, without further ado, let's uh, let's give this a watch. I love the music Monty put on it. It's great. Base tops. Base tops. Oh, oh my God. God! Ladies and gentlemen, we have a new belt holder. Look at this beauty for Al Sutherland. Ring the bell, baby. Ring wow. the bell. Bang. Yeah, I saw that trailer. Bryce Young. I thought you were just about to show us the Bryce Young. Oh, no, no, no. I was showing you the Bryce Young, then the Trout. Oh, okay. Bryce Young, then the, 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 the Trout made it to a nice Instagram video that Monty put up, so I figured... Yeah, know, no, we'll have yeah. to get the Bryce Young in a video as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not quite ready yet for that, but um, that that pull was really exciting, a really great card, and uh, the, the, the whole ring the bell, because, you know, Philadelphia was on the TV, so that's why I said ring the bell. I hate the Phillies. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> you do stupid things like the euphoria of pulling a in good the heat card. of the moment, man. Right. But, but Chris, you do bring up a good point. The joking aside, uh, and not just you know us here at Vintage Breaks, but I, I do see that the breakers that are the most entertaining and the most fun to watch are the ones who actually care about the cards that they're pulling. Now, make no mistake, there's some breakers who will cut through four cases, eight cases of product. I'm not naming anyone, and they're going to do a great job. It's going to be efficient, mm-hmm. but they don't care who they pull, and it's actually pretty obvious. So to me, if I was participating in breaking, and Chris, we've talked about this offline, I'm curious out there who's watching how you feel about the breaker that you're going to watch, right? And, and, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this. But to me, right, you want to have fair pricing, mm-hmm. and you want to have good product. But I would say high up there for me, Chris, is the entertainment value. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Because you can open these boxes yourself. You can open the packs yourself if you yeah. really want to. Yeah, for me for me it's like I I know like I buy into breaks every now every now and then. And uh to me I generally don't buy from people I don't have a personal connection with. Like like if if I'm watching your breaks or if I'm a customer of yours <clears throat> and there's no like personal connection there like like when I ask you a question, do I get ghosted? That's a big deal for me. Like if, if 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 I'm always getting ghosted, I'm not buying from you. This is a people business, as uh, 
What's that from Office Space? It's a people business. <laughs> Definitely. So um, that that's kind of where I am with with the breakers I buy from. Speaking of that, let me ask you a controversial question about yep. breaking. Sure. You know, this is a little bit off. You know, off script. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. Um, just talking about entertainment, and I know. Listen, I know a little bit uh, about what you like and what you enjoy as far as sports and the hobby, and I think you you the same of me. And I'm curious how the audience feels when a breaker hits something really big, you know, for someone in the community, and they and they authentic authentically and genuinely, I mean, they go nuts. For example, I heard years ago there was like a knucklehead who pulled a 1955 bone Mickey Mantle at the National, and his eyes came out of the head. He was screaming so loud, you know, it sounded like they were being attacked. And the point being is, I'm curious if folks out there, you know, because I've seen this, Chris, where people are calling out breakers like, hey, you know what? This is too much of a celebration. And I'm like, what is this, the NFL? What? Meaning, what? if you score a touchdown, the NFL, and you get to that level, you should be able to celebrate. I think where, where I maybe can see an angle, Chris, is if you take an inconsequential, unvaluable card, and you're like, oh, my God, I just pulled a numbered of 99 so-and-so patch. And everyone, including the breaker, knows it's $6. <laughs> now, if you pull that card, Chris, and that's of a family member, like your cousin Joey is on the card, I get it. Mm -hmm. That's the only time I really feel like, hey, you know what? I feel like I'm being misled by a breaker, Chris. And you know what? There really is no reason to get excited about a $6 card. But I'm curious, Chris, what do you think? And I'd love to hear from our audience. Are you excited and are you happy when in, when a breaker shows enthusiasm or is it too much for you? I love it when a breaker shows enthusiasm, but it has to be authentic. You can't be fugazi. You know, you can't. Uh, that fugazi? You can't, yeah, stuff? you can't. You can't be manufactured. I borrowed a, a northern word. You can't. <laughs> you can't. From Donnie Brasco. Yeah, yeah, you can't. You what a can't, movie manufacture it just because you think it's supposed to be there if it's not there don't try to put it there be real be authentic be yourself people respond to that unless you're a scumbag then be somebody else you know <laughs> yeah i mean i might have i might have not have been you know so strong with the wording but i understand yeah um you know i know for me and i i've said this and i think j5 has seen this now recently too i know chris you break more than i do in terms of hours and i know you break more hours than john does as well but him and I have both had the same feeling recently, and I've shared mine on air, where when I'm breaking, it really is cathartic, it's therapeutic. And you, in a way, you're kind of like withdrawing from, unless you have your phone attached to you, no one's calling you on your cell. No <laughs> one's calling the office and they're coming and telling me late, you got a phone call. You know, that's, I guess it's an emergency. So my point is, is like you're kind of taken out of your your comfort zone, whatever that is, right? If you have a day job or a desk job, mm -hmm. that's one thing. And, and for me, I'm surrounded by cards, but sometimes I'm, I'm so knee deep in cards, I don't see a way out of it. So I'm like, oh, I can't pick up this phone call. Or I can't talk to Gilmore anymore because he's bothering the heck out of me. And I already talked to the guy three times today. Oh yeah. Um, but the joking aside, Chris, you see my point where if you do it right, not only is it really fun for the audience to see someone who has an authentic response and a genuine response, but I actually feel like for the breaker, 
it's extremely fun. And the way you're describing, like, this is my job. I open packs for people. Yeah. Like, it's pretty cool. You know, there's a lot worse ways to, to make a, a living, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not always like that. You know, there's definitely of some, some of the mundane. But at in that moment, when you hit that big Bryce Young, when you you hit that Mike Mike Trout, there's there's nothing more. What can be unless you're like, unless you work for Doctors Without Borders or something actually important. You know, let's face it, this is not important. If you if if you're Daniel Lynch exonerating an innocent client out there, then yeah, that's listen, more I important. think I think that's fairly <laughs> that's fairly worthy uh, work. But I I do see your point, um, and I do want to bring up you're right, Chris, because we should make sure that. Folks who are listening to this and or watching this afterwards, you know, we're hoping, by the way, please smash the like button. Make sure you subscribe to our show if you're enjoying the content. So keep in mind, gang, that breaking isn't always like that. There's plenty of losers. There's plenty of downtimes. But really, I feel like that's kind of the way life is, right? If you look at every day that you, you know, exist in the planet, is it always filled with excitement? And, you know, brimming with activity and, and, you know, things of that nature. No, I don't think so. But you still figure out a way to appreciate it. You, you do. Uh, Stephen Garrett, also in the chat, would like, it, would like everybody to know that he's also a lawyer. <laughs> Stephen G is offering his services as well. Yeah. Uh, with a joking aside, listen, you know, attorneys are prevalent not only in our community, but in the hobby uh, and certainly in the world. Um, but kind of getting back to center, you know, I do feel that you're, you're dead on accurate, Chris, you know, you want your breaker to be authentic. And that's why I'm bringing up this notion that it's not always roses. Um, and so for me, this is why the vintage breaks and the just collect community is something I'm proud of. Because it's not always like Jim Ector is telling me what break he's buying into. For Christ's sake, the guy's working on a 33 Gowdy set, which is like a huge, huge goal. And you know what? We're there helping him. I'm trading with him. You know, he's bought some cards. Uh, he's sending me updated want lists. My point is, gang, the world is in such a precarious spot that we're, I think, Chris, you feel the same as me. Mm-hmm. We're not thinking what we do is is overly important. We know that we're good at it. We know that we're knowledgeable. We feel like we have things that we can share both uh, in a niche, like, you know, in other words, vintage or modern, because that's what, you know, this, how this whole show started, you know, the yin and the yang of, of card collecting. But I also want to make sure that we don't lose sight, Chris, like we're doing this to have some fun. And that's, that's the, the reality of the situation. So we hope that you are enjoying the ride and you continue to take that ride with us uh as we discuss future topics on the lunch crew and speaking of future topics gang if you want to see or hear a certain uh subject discussed debated if you will between chris and i just drop us a line dm us you know how to go get a hold of us would love to see what you would like to talk about great yeah like i always tell people any way you you know to get get in touch with me like i keep my phone number at the top uh, and it's not my my actual cell phone. It's a web based text message. I've been writing that all over the place, but, Chris. But, but like, I, I know do, what kind of calls you again. <laughs> I do keep it at the top of my broadcast, so anybody can reach out to me if you don't. If you're not comfortable answering the asking the question in chat, because a lot of people aren't, because they think their question is stupid, and there are no stupid questions. Nobody knows everything, so that's why I keep that there for that personal connections. Why I keep it there too. 
agree. Uh, listen, I'm glad that you do. Um, I think it's a great idea. Chris, I know one of the fun parts of uh, our lunch cruise show is that we offer a few cards for sale every week. Yeah. And I'd like to talk to the community about what cards we're going to have for sale this week. FYI, I don't know how many we've sold so far, but we have a good sell-through rate. So my point is, if you enjoy what you're seeing, don't wait. Because I've had people tell me, oh, I wish I would have texted you earlier late, or I wish I would have bothered Gilmore right after the show because I had to you know, deal with a client, and then I had to go to the bedroom. I had to eat lunch. And I'm like, well, we don't, we don't have more than one of these is the point. No, they go fast. We're offering them, uh, of course, listen, everyone likes ducats. My old Smitty, my old friend Smitty would call it ducats, uh, dollars, wampum, whatever you want to call it. Um, but that's not the only reason why we're offering cards for sale. We're doing it uh, with some thought behind each card. Without further ado, Chris, let's see what we got this week. All right. Uh, first up from uh, the stack is a beautiful 1995 Bowman's Best Flag Guerrero. Yep. So this is uh, something that I personally own uh, from Just Collect. And the reason why I'm willing to sell it is I have a couple of them. Um, haven't really thought about selling one recently. And to be fair, when I when I was getting these authenticated, people weren't grading cards. They were just getting authenticated. So if you look, like this Vladdy is very well centered. Mm -hmm. So the autograph grade is a 10. The card itself is not graded. For whatever it's worth, I saw a PSA 7 graded of Vlad Rookie with a 10 auto listed on eBay for 269. And so I decided to ask 275 for this. This is a much better example. Uh, it's a much higher quality card. And the autograph is a 10. So if you're from this era um, of collecting, the 95 Bowman's Best Vlad was an awesome card. I was glad to get it signed. And if you want to know what I'm going to do with the money if I sell it, because I think that's an interesting question, Chris, because you know we don't always know. I'm absolutely going to buy an upgrade to a Vlad Refractor rookie sign. Oh, so, oh. I'm pumped. Yeah, Vlad, Vlad's one of these underrated players. And uh, fortunately, we get a second look at Vlad because of the success of his son. Yeah. Now, listen, I got to see Vlad play. Guy had a cannon of an arm. He didn't wear batting gloves. There was just like so much to like about him. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of a throwback, kind of a throwback. Absolutely. You know? Like I was really, I was in high school when he come out, but I remember my grandfather go going. I my grandfather telling me that that guy reminded him of Clemente, which is probably the greatest token of respect my grandfather could have ever given anybody. I'm sure, you know. Uh, so my first card is a guy tearing it up on the scene this this year. This is Arizona Diamondbacks. Let me get, let me get it up on the screen. Arizona Diamondbacks star. Corbin Carroll. This is from uh, 2023 Heritage. It's just a base card. But it's, it's so a, cool, though. Yeah, it's a PSA 10. It's a good $35 copy of a perfect copy. Well, not perfect. PSA 10 does not mean perfect. It means Jim Mint. Uh, copy of a Corbin Carroll rookie. And I've, I've, I, I, I want to hold a Corbin Carroll rookie just because I like the story of this baseball season. Of course. And you know, I, I think he's also got long long term value. He's one of these new hybrid athletes that are you know used to be like John Cruck. I'm, I'm not an athlete, lady. I'm a ball player. Uh, that trend has been fully bucked and debunked with guys like Carol Witt, even earlier Ronald Acuna. Like nowadays, Ellie De La Cruz, you got to be an athlete. So, and I, I, th I think he really fits where baseball is going. I like it. I like this affordable and gang. If you don't know already. It costs 15 to $20 to grade a card with PSA. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Point being is if you want a Corbin Carroll card and you want to feel like you're in on the action of the World Series, this is a very affordable way to do that. Um, great choice, Chris. All right, and next I have another one of yours. This, this like when John texted me this, I was, I was pleasantly surprised. I, uh... well, as you can see, Chris, I'm trying to be thoughtful, right? I could just take expensive cards that are four figures and up. Here's a tobacco card. Here's a Gaudi. I could do it every week. I want to have some fun. I want to, you know, think outside the box. And as, as we talked about, Chris, before we even started the show just a few weeks ago, we're not offering these cards just to sell them. We're offering them to kind of give you uh, some context and perspective, maybe on a particular issue, a particular player. And so the reason why I chose this, um, if you are around, you know, similar age to me in your 40s, and you remember Garbage Pail Kids when they first came out, you know, Blasted Billy was Adam Bomb's twin in the first series. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these cards have had a strong run up, uh, you know, with the whole COVID bubble. Um, but even still, you know, this card these days is selling for about $175, $200. And, you know, short of Adam Bomb and like Nasty Nick and maybe Evil Eddie in the first series, you know, Blasted Billy was one of the most, you know, well-known characters. And I also really enjoy the art. So, uh, you know, if you are looking for an affordable copy, this is priced at 165 uh, which is basically the cheapest eight you can buy of this card. And it just brings back a ton of nostalgia for me, which basically is the reason why I offered the card this week. And my question for the community is, I want to know in the chat, what singular 1980s card, it could be sports or non-sports, has you thinking about total nostalgia of the era? So in other words, it might be an 89 upper deck Grimmy for you, but for whatever it's worth, Chris, I, you know, bought 89 upper deck packs on my own. I didn't have friends who were initially buying it. But like the 85 Garbage Pail Kids, I was trading with classmates in school. Girls wanted Garbage Pail Kids. Guys wanted them. My brothers and sisters wanted them. We would play games and like the winner of the game would get a pack of the cards. And so um, I remember Party Fair, which is where we bought our first series packs in New Jersey, them running out. Um, meaning we ran out and my dad went back like a day later and they were gone. They were never to be seen again for 25 cents. Yeah. So a lot of nostalgia, great memories from this. Let me know in the chat what you have, the most singular, um, I guess, iconic card from the 80s that really gets your nostalgia juices going for collecting. Would love to know. Dan Lynch said the Magni Tops. Oh, 84 Tops, baby. That was my first big purchase. 30 bucks, $35 from Mr. D's on Route 18 in New Jersey, East Brunswick. Yeah. Uh, mine was, and it was a card that I viewed as unobtainium back then, just a card that was just insane. Never own it. Uh, 1986 Donruss, uh, Jose Canseco. <laughs> oh, I love that card. Hey, Chris, speak in the comments. I don't see the comments. Am I doing something wrong here? No, it should be on the uh, right hand side. Uh, they're in the uh, restream window. We'll worry about it for next week, but that's the reason yeah. why I'm not saying hi to anyone because I don't see any comments. <laughs> Troy Butts also said the $84 Mattingly. Um, $84 Mattingly, if you had that when you were a kid, you were rich to me. I couldn't afford that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was way bougier than the tops. Oh, bougie doesn't even <laughs> listen. 84 tops Mattingly was like, you know, co-workers, mine workers could own it. $84 Mattingly was like you had a Tesla in the 80s, and it didn't exist, by the way. So. Yeah, yeah. You had a time machine and a Tesla. Exactly. <laughs> uh Stephen Garrett said the 83 Sandberg Boggs and Gwynn rookies. So like that's what it got him thinking about rookie cards. And if you think about that year in context, and I know it really didn't work this way, but I wonder if there was a big rookie boom then too, you know. It's like, oh my gosh, you know. I do enjoy this is a total baseball card nerd thing I'm admitting here on air. 
I love like researching the news of the time. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it's 1985 and you know, you get an old copy of SCD, love reading it. Find a newspaper article about baseball cards. that was in like the mainstream media in 1987. Oh yeah. my God. I love reading that stuff. Yeah. And you had a working where you work, you had a ringside, you, you had a front row seat to it, you know, with a baseball oh, yeah. card kid. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah, and I feel pretty fortunate. I, uh, for those that don't know, they're listening to the show for the first time. So my first job after I graduated Rutgers College School of Business in New Jersey in 2000, job market's on fire. Get an offer from Deloitte & Touche Business Consulting. <laughs> and I tell my parents, I'm like, oh, I, I got a job. I mean, they're so excited. I met Mark Murphy selling cards to him through the mail when I was 15 years old. I subsequently met him a few years later in person at a you know big convention. But when I was done with school, you know, I wanted to do something I enjoyed. The Yankees organization, uh, I was not good enough to play for. And in terms of, you know, taking your business skills there, they literally wanted you to intern for free. I'm like, yeah, but I, I just went to college. They're yeah. like, yeah, but we're the New York Yankees. <laughs> That's not going to work for me. I don't know how to eat. Yeah. You know, saying that. So the joking aside, um, I want to do something I loved. And so I was fortunate that I called Mark. He was running a multi-million dollar business, which in the year 2000, 2001 for baseball cards, Chris, was not very common. No, not at all. It's probably not even all that common now. You know, To be fair, happens. yes. I guess yeah. I take it some for granted sometimes, but I definitely know in that era, it was not because I made a list. I, I can picture my notebook. I made a list of the companies I could work for. Kit Young was one of them. I joked about it with Kit at the National. Um, and I was like, I was prepared to move from New Jersey to San Diego to work for Kit Young. <laughs> With a college degree. I didn't care. Nice. Stephen Garrett, is Mark Murphy still around? I think he's alive. He's not <laughs> buying selling cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you when you told the story about the Yankee, I'm just the Yankees, I'm just picturing you sitting across the desk asking George Costanza for a job. <laughs> uh, there's so many funny instances, you know, when I was reaching the end of my college career. We'll save it for a future episode. But anyway, um, I really did. I dove right into the baseball card world. You know, I'd loved it uh, really ever since I was a kid and loved the sport of baseball. Um, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. Uh, you know, it allowed me to work full time in a space that I didn't even know you could work full time in in the year 2000, 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my next card is to hail the start of the basketball season with a guy who saw the game last night. It was happening, man. What a hot game. Spurs, Mavs to open. I'm going to be watching the Spurs all season. How could you not? It's must-see <laughs> basketball TV. It is. And I love Luca. Yeah. But Wemby looks – what's that movie with the uh, the Avatar? Wemby looks like he came from the forest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine called him Stretch Durant. Not Stretch Armstrong, but Stretch Durant. <laughs> sure. Love it. Uh, the, NBA se- the NBA season provided, you know, the big stars stay healthy. I think it's going to be exciting. It, it, it is. And I have this 2018 Prism, Luka Doncic in a PSA 10. Now, at one point, Layton, we were talking about these at $1,000, oh, oh, saying that it was a deal. We were wrong. Well, that was for sure. <laughs> but you know, they did get up to 2000 so technically we were right, and then we were wrong. We were right before we were well, wrong. Well, I sold a bunch very profitably, so I feel comfortable oh, saying I did, I I did right. too. I did too. Like I, I, I was selling at 18 I was not buying. But yeah. I did buy some at a thousand. Well, how much is it today? Two hundred and fifty dollars. 
Well, if you like Luca and you don't want to spend a thousand plus on like an autographed or a numbered version, mm-hmm. what I would say is it seems reasonable based on what the unopened product costs. Mm-hmm. That being said, um, personally, you know, we got to keep it real here, Chris. I saved the 250 and I would put it towards a better Luca card if you like yeah. Luca. You know, I like Luca. Sure, sure. It's a budget card, definitely. It's a, it's, it's a base card. That card is never going to be worth uh, $1,000, again, ever. No. Ever. No, there's, there's too many, many of them. Too many. too many. Absolutely. So, like, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's something to keep to celebrate the season if you're not, you know, really all that into it. You know, you just passively like it. Absolutely. Well, Chris, speaking of basketball and the start of it, I want to talk about some new releases, and I want to start off with a basketball release. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing a lot of stuff about Prism Draft Basketball. Mm-hmm. I know it typically doesn't retain its value well. That being said, please tell us about it. Well, typically, typically is the key word there. Um, Wimbayama's first Prism cards are in there. And yes, they're not in a Spurs logo, and they will be in a Spurs logo later. He will not have autographs in any product. But for what wow. I'm seeing, you know Prism is going to be $1,000 a box. Because of Wimbayama. Oh, definitely. You know, it's good. Even though there's no autos, I agree. Draft is way more affordable. And a Prism Silver of Wimbayama just went for $200 last night. Let me let me frame this. When Zion Mania came out, Zion draft silvers were 80 bucks, not 200 Wow. The hobby is not ready for Wimby Mania. I'm telling you. I'm ready. I'm ready Zion, for it. But I, I, but I would say, listen, I don't want to recommend draft as like no. an investment quality product, but I would say this. It's entertainment, gang. <laughs> so if you're watching an NBA game and you're into the season and you want to participate, forget about buying it from a breaker. Buying yourself a box, because I'm going to buy myself a box. Great, I think it's yeah. cool. I like basketball. Mm-hmm. So I think, Chris, if I was going to say to someone – you know, hey, the new release is coming out, Prism Draft, basketball. What do we think? I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to be fun. I would invest in it, and I would look at it purely as entertainment. Yeah. You know, sometimes you're like, wait a minute. How can a $28 burger be good? You're like, you know, you buy it. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's not. Well, what I'm saying, and I think you're right, Chris, even though the Wemby cards are going to be super hot, I've been happy for the collector at the prices I've seen on draft prison basketball so far like it's it's affordable mm-hmm. enough for a collector who's in the game it's not offensive would you agree i definitely agree like a prison nba is way out of control because of the international market and you know people are th- people throw money at prison basketball because they're quote-unquote investing you're not investing if you're opening product by the way it's 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 it's, it's, it's for fun it's not yeah entertainment. <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah you can speculate when you go buy cards of a player but you're never it's it's never a good financial decision to, to, to open broadly. That's not what it's about. <laughs> now, listen, I agree. Um, I know that Tops Tier 1 Baseball came out, and I looked two years ago. Mm-hmm. We sold way over 100 boxes uh, of it. And I was just curious, Chris, what is it about Tops Tier 1 Baseball that Tops collectors like? Uh, well, first off, it's, uh, you know, Price point. It's a, it's a good price point for a two autograph and one memorabilia product. I think the key two autographs and uh, it is a rookie driven product. So it's it, it kind of follows the ebb and flows of the rookie class. You know, twenty twenty two J Rod, uh, Wander Franco at the time. 
this year there's Corbin Carroll, Adley Rudson, Gunnar, Gunnar Henderson, um, Michael Harris. This is a really stacked rookie class. And and there's it another is. guy no one's talking about yet, and it's Tristan Cassis. If you look at Tristan Cassis' second half stats in a vacuum and then project what that means for going forward, if he continues his trajectory, Chris, Tristan Cassis is in the conversation for AL MVP next year. And, well, uh, to me, Chris, it means that it's even more of an exciting year, whether it be your opening mm-hmm. tops tier one, tops update, or like any product that's featuring this amazing selection of rookies. It's a fun year to collect current baseball cards, right? Absolutely. Absolutely it is. And Cool. Uh, well, yeah. I appreciate you, uh, you know, sharing with me and with the community this little bit of news every week on the new releases. Because I feel like now, Chris, I'm paying more attention to it. <laughs> and, you know, listen, I, I want to learn, right? I want to stay up on what's going on and what's hot, what's good value for our customers, for our clients, or might be, you know, worth buying a stash of a particular player or product to put away. I mean, it helps me because after the show, I'm going to hit you up and go get some Prism Draft break, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Tonight, you know, so. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we'd like to finish up the show, but before we do, Chris, I'd like to offer a couple, what I'll call them, grading pro tips of the day. I've talked about this in uh, like a short before on IG. And for those that are interested, you could follow me on Instagram, Leighton underscore Sheldon, also just collect on Instagram. And we're on Facebook as well as we have a YouTube account, uh, just collect. So the first um, thing that I want to bring up, and I brought this up in a short recently. So what I have here is a 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan rookie. It's graded an eight. And when I sent it in, I had bought it from a long time collection. The centering, as you can see, is just a little bit off. I thought there was a chance it could seven. So I thought it was going to grade between a seven and eight. Well, when you grade a card like this with PSA at the valuation that a seven and eight is, a seven's 300 to grade it with PSA, and an eight is about $600. Uh, I have no extra pull. I don't get, you know, a cheaper rate. And so when I sent it into PSA, a common question that I will get from friends I haven't talked to, you know, in a long time, avid collectors and anyone and everyone in between, late, what submission level do I choose for this card? I don't know what it's worth. I don't know what's going to grade. I- I'm like, I know. I know you don't know what's going to grade. That's why you're getting it graded. They're like, yes, but what do I choose? No one ever believes me. Choose the lower level. The reason being is let the grading companies do their jobs. Now, I'm going to put an asterisk on this. Don't be an asshole. (laughs) If your card is going to grade between a 7 and an 8, don't value it as a 2. Because then they're going to get mad at you. And I don't know that they put you on a list. And, of course, guys, I'm trying to give you sincere, legitimate advice, but also have some fun with this. Be reasonable. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because a few weeks before this Jordan, I tried to be a hero. I had a Ty Cobb T206. I swore, I'm like, this card is going to grade. I remember it came back a two. I thought it was a solid three, outside shot of four. But I was like drinking my own Kool-Aid. It was between a two and a three. Four was like 0% chance. And I should have taken my own advice and valued as a two. Well, guess what I did? I looked at the break between a two and a three. If I sent it in at and I thought it was in a grade of two, the car would have cost me, you got that right, $300. Well, I decided to be a hero, Chris. I know better. I know best. 
I sent it in thinking it was going to be a three. Therefore, I paid $600. Chris, I've never been so livid in my life at a grade. And even though it was only off by one grade, it graded a two. I'm like, oh my God. I literally just threw away $300 on grading fees. And this is the reason why I bring it up. Take the $300 you would have saved or take any money that you may have saved on grading fees because of the information we're going to share today. We're trying to help all the collectors out there and buy more cards more or <laughs> get some more cards graded or save the money for the upcoming holiday season. All we're trying to do is to help you, especially help you based on a mistake that I made. So even though I did it right with the Jordan, by the way, the Jordan didn't get the eight PSA wasn't shy. They sent the email. We're charging your credit card 600, not 300. And that's just the deal. And by the way, I don't want to get into the politics of like, is this right? Should they do it like this? Because that's a whole episode we could spend on this. Oh, yeah. These are the rules, Chris. And you know, all I'm trying to do is explain how to basically work within the rules. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's there's all sorts of little tidbits like that you can use to your advantage in grading. Yeah. And so the last thing is, and this is a big error on my part, but I'm hoping to help once again, you, the community. This is a gorgeous Clemente rookie that I just got back from PSA. I thought it was going to grade between a four and a five. Well, if I flashed it too quickly, I apologize. You can see it graded a three. Forget about what I paid to get it graded. That's not even the point here. When I got this back, I'm like, what did I miss? And to me as a card nerd, you know, you're always trying to get better, stay on top of stuff. I'm like, you know, I take out my loop. I have the halogen. And I'm looking at the card, Chris. And I'm like, you know, I'm turning it in. I'm doing my thing. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I see this wear right up here along the edge. Chris, I don't think that wear was there when I sent it in. Oh. And I'm not I'm not screaming at PSA. I'm not blaming a particular person. Did it happen in shipping? Who knows? But this is my point. And the reason I'm bringing it up today, I want to help you all with a mistake that I made and what I'm going to do moving forward. This is my advice. If you have a four-figure card and it's going to break your heart or worse, you're going to get really upset and you don't know what to do if it happens, I'd feel a lot better, Chris, if I had a before picture high resolution of the card. This way, I'd be able to look at it and say, wow, you know, I really did miss something. Or, you know, folks, I think something might have happened at your facility. And even if I didn't get anything for a mishap or a mistake, I would want to put PSA on notice because they're not just going to grade my cards in the future, but they're going to grade all of your cards also. So do yourself a favor, protect your interests. And that is my final note for today. Another thing about doing the scan is, is particularly with modern cards, you will, um, you'll do the scan and you'll disqualify cards. You'll be like, oh, the scan saw that and I did not. That's another thing that helps with that. Absolutely. So hopefully you enjoyed today's third episode of the Lunch Crew. We'll be back for more next week. Thanks for tuning in. One second. There we go.